Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Good morning, everyone. 5-0. Let's start there. 5-0. Anybody. Anybody. We are officially now 50 days away from our first NFL Sunday of the 2022 season. Also, just over a month away from real college football, which they call Week 0, which is dumb. But nobody complains because it means football's going to be here. For the next five plus months. Cannot wait. Next week, my first guest of the show will be hosting Early Odds right here on Sports Radio 670. The score. You hear him on Bet MGM tonight. The other day, I saw nine o'clock hour was airing live right here on 670. The score. One of the hosts of that fine program on the BetQL network is Ryan Horvat on Twitter by his name at Ryan Horvat. Y'all set? Big show next week, Horvy. Yeah, I'm all set, man. I've been preparing. I'm all jacked up. No, I mean, uh, I'm Joe. Thanks for while you're gone on vacation, allowing me to host your show, trusting me with your show. I am excited. Uh, looking forward to it, especially, you know, just I, I was back home for the last two weeks back in Chicago, which was great because uh, as we talk about every time I pop on the show, being on the East Coast, no Italian beef, no Chicago style <laughs> pizza. So the eating is really, really rough. In fact, I had to import uh, Jardinier uh, back home, like 15 jars. I'm talking. So I ate at Portillo's when I was home, by the way, last, how week. many times, nine, nine times <laughs> I ate a total. I'm not kidding you. I ate 14 and a half Italian beefs. The only reason so good. 14 and a half is the number because I got the big beef and my son wanted half. So chopped him up half of it. So being back here, 
it's brutal, but uh, we'll make do. I feel like we're, we've always been kindred spirits, and maybe that's why we get along so well. At a young age, we each decided that we wanted to go into sports radio. We grew up in the Chicagoland area. We're into sports betting degenerates on some level. That used to be a bad word. I would say it no longer is. I, I think people understand what we're saying. And it's the week of the 30th anniversary here of 670, the score. Uh, I, I know you were uh, listening the other day. Did it bring you back to your childhood of uh, hanging out with your dad, listening to, I don't know if it was 670 or was 1160 before your time when they went 24 hours? You know, 670 was my time. And it's funny yeah. because um, growing up, my uncle actually used to sell ads. And so I, I sent this over to Mitch Rosen uh, the other day, actually. It was, it's my uncle and it's this big billboard that he did for 670. And uh, so we used to go to all, I mean, remember the radio remotes, obviously they've changed a lot since, you know, when we were growing up, you'd go and you'd get like a couple t-shirts and you'd hang out. And it was different times because when I was growing up, I mean, the bulls were relevant, uh, obviously in the nineties with the six championships. So just different times, but yeah, it took me back uh, being home, you know, last week, being able to listen to the station and uh, a lot of good memories and you know, a lot of better memories, to be honest, as a Cubs fan this year is uh, tearing me apart. As you know. <laughs> I can't wait for your rants after they start making some trades. Well, hold on. It's only going to get worse. And what's funny yeah. is the last week I was home and a couple of buddies. So they wanted to go to the game and there were, you know, free tickets offered to me. And I said, I can't do it because I know if I go, I'm going to end up spending about $150, $150 in the ballpark uh, on beers and on the concession stand. And I am contributing no money to that franchise right now until they start spending some money. So I stayed away, but yeah, obviously uh, a great event. I wish I was back home this week to celebrate with everybody, but it was awesome listening. Small bone, a tiny bone to pick is just a question I have for you because uh, I heard, I heard you with Danny Parkins last week and I noticed something, but you don't do this with me when you're on with Parkins on the score. When you're on with You Better You Bet, our guys, Nick Costos, Ken Barkley. And I'm wondering if you do this around the country when you do some of the BetQL hits that I also do for some of the Odyssey stations. You always say the show you're appearing on is your favorite show. Do you do that in Memphis? Do you say that they're your favorite show as well? That's no. my question. No, 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 no. You know, all the, <laughs> all the shows back home, technically, yeah. I, I listen to one station which I probably shouldn't admit because we're all one big family here. There are um, only so many, so many hours in a day. That's fine. Yeah. If I'm popping out the Odyssey app, I'm listening back home. I don't care what's going on in New York. I tell Trista this, my co-host Trista Crick all the oh, time God. because yeah. now she's doing weekends over at WFAN. And of course uh, they have the Mets and they have the Yankees, the, the two best teams in the respective divisions and uh, in the American league and national league. And I'm stuck with the Cubs. So I just, I really don't care what's going on in New York or Boston. So obviously I uh, care about what's and you, going on. And you listen to Bard up in Milwaukee. And I listen to guy. a lot. Well, exactly. Yes. I am a Packers fan. Um, I like the Badgers. So I do listen to some Wisconsin sports talk, but I can't stand the Brewers. So right now the Brewers fans, it, it's kind of crazy listening to the, uh, the sports talk in Wisconsin right now, because a lot of complaining, especially Man. after the Dodgers kind of fell apart the last couple save opportunities. He doesn't look right. And maybe they're thinking about moving them and you would think they're four games back. They want to fire Craig council. They want everybody gone. Like, what do you expect from Craig council? Look at that lineup, man. Hunter Renfro is the best player in that lineup. Christian Yelich. 
All right, all right, all right, all right. We don't need to go down this Brewers thing. Man, right, we can get well, to it. You brought it up. You brought it up. I did. I did. Oh, you know what? As long as we're talking about the NL Central, because I don't think we're going to circle back to baseball. I want to do a lot of NFL and college football with you. I don't know if you saw the Cubs win total. I mean, that's your baseball team, for those wondering. And you started to hear that a moment ago. My God, that Cubs updated win total when we know they're going to sell off all of these pieces and they're going to continue to be one of the bottom feeders and it's only going to get worse. For them to go over the updated win total, you know in the second half that they have to go 33-37? and 37. They have to be almost a 500 team to go over the updated win total. I'm like, bring the hammer out. That's exactly what I did. I went under. You have to figure. I mean, obviously, Contreras is probably going to get moved here. Hendricks isn't what he once was. Man, I, I hate being this guy, and I'm not a bandwagon fan, but there's not a whole lot to root for right now. There's no really reason. Nope. I, I mean, I don't know what I'm tuning in for. You know, I mean, I listened to the call back home to hear Pat and Ron, obviously. Nice little plug for the station. But I have no interest, man. Like, what am I excited for? Nico Horner, Ian Happ. I was saying, and I know there's a lot of people against this. I would move half right now while you could get some pieces back for him. If you could get some pieces back, you know, coming off that nice little all-star plug. But I just, there's not a whole lot of excitement for me to uh, tune in every night. Nope, not at all. Early odds, Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guy, Ryan Horvat is here with me. You could check him out in the show uh, next Saturday morning. All right, last time we spoke on the show, and, you know, throughout the year, I like to try to get you on at least once a month. And I said at the end of our conversation that I would give you time. I, I think it's time. I, you know, I went out and I got the Phil Steele magazine. I've been doing some of the other preview work, getting ready for the season. I would give you some room for college football win totals. That's your baby. You're always trying to squeeze in some college football conversation, no matter where you are. Well, I'm giving you this opportunity right now. Post all-star break, people are starting to get their football prep in. And these we're going to start to lose some of these numbers uh, if we haven't already on NFL and college football. But, but let's start with the gridiron at the college level. Yeah, and I uh, thank you for this opportunity because, as you can tell, I don't have a whole lot of interest in baseball right now. So my favorite win total right now is sitting there right now, minus 110 over at uh, BetMGM, and it's Utah, nine wins. And I also really like them to win the Pac-12 this year, plus 250. Uh, The favorite is USC, which I guess makes sense. They bring in Caleb Williams, you know, in the transfer portal from Oklahoma. They bring in Lincoln Riley, who's – one of the better play callers, one of the better uh, head coaches in college football. Now he enters the Pac-12, but I really like Utah. And the reason being, and I really like the number for Cam Rising as far as Heisman, which I know we'll probably talk about a little bit later on as well. But when he took over last year for Utah, they went nine and one. And I was really high on Oregon going into the season last year. In fact, uh, I had them against Ohio State early on in the year, took them on the money line, love Kayvon Thibodeau, but they blew them out twice. You know, they almost knocked off Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I know everybody didn't go for Ohio State, but this year's team, even better. Like, look at what they have. They have Cam Rising with that experience, went 9-1 and last year, 14 returning starters. Um, I actually picked them. I took them week one on the college football, like on the games of the year. I took them against Florida week one. It was a pick them. They have some tough matchups. They do take on Oregon on the road. I believe they get UCLA on the road. But I think those are really winnable games. So I like Utah to go over nine wins, and then I love them to win the Pac-12 plus 250, just because this year, man, I feel like everything's going to be really chalky, like the stuff that I like. I think Alabama is going to be better than they were last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They bring back uh, the Heisman winner, Bryce Young. 
They bring back the top defensive player in the country and Will Anderson. I think he's going to be a top five pick. He could win the Heisman. You know, we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, I don't know. I I understand the idea, but when I look at those SEC games, we're getting 40 points from the good teams. I I don't know that a defensive player, but you're right. He got buzzed at the end of last season. Numbers 40 to one. The problem is for a defensive player, I just hate that number. I think it should be uh, a bigger, a bigger payout. No, I completely agree. 40 to one is not the best number. I would maybe wait. Like, I'm not really, I'm not playing anything Heisman wise right now. I'm going to wait a little okay. bit. Okay. Okay. Because 40 to one is not the price that I'm looking for with them. But man, I mean, they're going to be better on the defensive side of the ball. Also, they bring back 12 starters. That's the most they've brought back in the last six years. The last time they brought back more than, you know, 12 starters, they won the national title. So I really like Alabama. I love Ohio State. I went over on their win total. I just, I don't see a loss on the regular season schedule. CJ Stroud, probably the second best quarterback in the nation. Michigan finally knocks them off for the first time in eight years. So I think they're going to have revenge on the mind. They're going to be better on the defensive side of the ball. The reason I didn't love Ohio State last year, we knew what they were going to be offensively. And I, I know they lost some of their skill position players, but I worried about them on the defensive side of the ball because Look at the linebacker core last year. They were all freshmen, but now they're all a year older. They hit the transfer portal. I really like them in the Big Ten this year. So it's chalky, but I love Bama. I love Ohio State. So I guess my, it's not a long shot, but like my plus money pick would be Utah winning the Pac-12 and then them going over nine wins. I think that's a, that's a lock right there. I can't argue with any of that. And when I hear guys like Brad Powers and Ryan Horvath on the same side with that Utah over the win total, I don't mind that at all. Were there any any unders or any other? Hey, man, all tickets cash are good to me. Any smaller schools that you looked at? So I actually went under on Pitt, and they lose their best wide receiver. He's also going to USC to go play with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. But mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people that I really respect, including Phil Steele, who I know you're going to be talking with you know, here soon. You know, he, he is really high on Pitt going into this season. They lose Kenny Pickett, though. Their win total was nine when it opened up. I went under, so that was an under I like. You know that I love Notre Dame, but I ended up going under on them. I just think week one is going to be a terrible matchup against Ohio State. Look at their secondary, and then look at the skill position players for Ohio State. That that spread opened up at 13. I do think that it's going to take Marcus Williams. I think it's going to take probably two to three years. You don't really have to rebuild that program, but I did go under on them. So that's all I've played so far with those. All right. I know you don't have a play and you said you're going to wait until during the season, but are you up for talking through the process of Heisman? Cause I have some ideas. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Good. So trends wise, some would say you it's a quarterbacks award, but I would say, Hey, in 2020, Devonte Smith won it 2015, Derrick Henry won it a couple of Bama players. So I'm not sure about that. And it seems like year after year, the favorites at the top, are not the ones winning. I know Bryce Young, CJ Shroud, very tempting, but I think we've got to go elsewhere because we might find some value. Now, the trend that does matter more than quarterbacks to me is playoff. Since we've had this 14 playoff, seven of eight years, we've had a team in the playoff win the Heisman. The one exception to that rule is 2016 Lamar Jackson, his Louisville team, did not make the playoff. So you're obviously looking at teams that are going to make the playoff. And on that top tier, it's Bama, as you mentioned, Ohio State, and there's also Georgia. Then you get to the drop-off. So I'm trying to figure out a player that could bust through. Now, if we're not going to go quarterback because we're looking for value, 
it's probably not going to be a receiver. I'm thinking it would have to be a great run game with a, a player that just dominates and ends up getting many of the touchdowns. And those top teams that we expect to be in the playoff, I'm finding some value. So I'm going to throw some names out there and get your thoughts. Alabama, the Georgia Tech transfer, is now a member of the Tide. Nick Saban loved what he saw this spring. Gibbs, the Bama running back, you can get him at 50-1. to You love Ohio State. I love Ohio State. They lose all those receivers in the draft. They reload. But what about at running back? What we saw out of Henderson last year was super impressive, and you can find Trayvon Henderson at 60-1. to And one more. So if we go to the fourth favorite, what if Dabo's back? DJ was not what we thought he was going to be. There you go. But if you look at Will Shipley and his role in that offense, and you could find him at 125 to one, if Clemson's in the playoff, that one's pretty juicy. So I want to get your thoughts on, on Gibbs with Bama, Henderson, Ohio State, Shipley, Clemson. So Shipley Clemson is actually my favorite pick, and I'm really high on Clemson. I picked Clemson to win the ACC, and I know that's really chalky, but I think Clemson's back this year. You know, they won six straight ACC titles, man, and they were just dominating everybody. I mean, they were the easiest bet that you could make. And then they had mediocre quarterback play, and it was crazy because I was really high on DJ, and I played him really small last year to win the Heisman just because of what we saw in those two appearances. I mean, being a Notre Dame fan – that game, you know, even though they lose the Notre Dame, I mean, he was really impressive. And now he's lost a bunch of weight. And look at how improved that offensive line is this year. I really like Shipley. And then they have one of the better defenses in all of college football. They have probably the best defensive line. Like they're going to be able to rotate eight or nine guys. So they're going to be a very dominant team. So I really like Shipley. Um, I think the run game is going to be back for Bama. So I don't hate that pick. But I think Shipley's my favorite pick. And I'm also really, really high on Clemson this year. Okay. All right, cool. But you're not playing DJ Heisman, right? We're going elsewhere? I got to go elsewhere with DJ. I I mean, I need to see a couple weeks, man. I mean, there were some really bad performances. And it was crazy because, again, like the year before, it was relief for Trevor Lawrence. There was the COVID game against Notre Dame. Um, Well, they're the two COVID games. And he looked really, really good. But I would probably want a better price than 20 to one with DJ from what we saw last year. Like same thing with Quinn Ewers. I would want a better price from 20 than 20 to one since I've never really seen him. So I, I think that that would probably be my pick right there. And if you're looking for more terrific college football coverage, an outstanding week of guests on BetQL Daily. The legend, Phil Steele. You've seen the magazine a million times. Anthony Tresh of Pro Football Focus. Michael Felder from Stadium, another one of my favorites. So subscribe to BetQL Daily. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score. Ryan Horvat of the BetQL Network. Stay put so we can discuss the NFC North, Offensive Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Keep it locked here on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. The score listener line is open 24-7-365 and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. You've got early odds with Joe Ostrowski. I'm on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Hanging out, Ryan Horvat of the BetQL Network, who also has his name as his Twitter handle, at Ryan Horvat. A couple of NFL awards and the NFC North 
on my mind this morning, Horvy. So I was looking at NFL Offensive Player of the Year. We got plenty of time for MVP. Everybody's talking about the MVP. Another process question, wondering if you agree with me. So, of course, the MVP is a quarterback award. We can talk about that. Your guy, Rogers going for the third consecutive. He's not going to win again, right? It's no, not, absolutely. Not, not three. Habarkish might have a vote, so. There's no, no I mean, Green Bay's winning, <laughs> Green, Bay, Green Bay is probably winning seven to eight games this year. So. Oh, look at that. Under on the pack. All right, I want to get to the NFC North in a minute. But Offensive Player of the Year. So we had a moment in time, 2010 to 2018. Those nine NFL seasons, the MVP, which is almost was almost always a quarterback, Adrian Peterson, the exception in 2012. Six of nine years, 2010 to 2018, MVP also got the Offensive Player of the Year. Last three years, it feels like it's changing. MVP, quarterback award, and I think the voters are taking a look and saying, you know what, Offensive Player of the Year, these other positions don't get a chance at the MVP ever anymore. So let's make it a running back, receiver, and maybe the right tight end for Offensive Player of the Year. Last three years, no quarterbacks. So it was Cup, Henry, Michael Thomas. Yep. So do you agree with my my stance here? I'm not saying it's going to be running backs, it's going to be wide receivers. I'll get to that in a second. But it's no longer going to be quarterbacks for Offensive Player of the Year. And we understand, we saw it with Jamar Chase a year ago, how receivers are, I think, the most impactful non-quarterback position on the field in today's game. So I'm looking at receivers moving forward. Do you agree with any of that? No, I completely agree with all of that, actually. And there's a couple numbers that I really, really like. I mean, I'm looking at receivers, but I'm also looking at a guy, and I'm really high on the Colts this year, which I've been high on the Colts the last three years. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a big year, but I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a huge year, especially with that offensive line, if they're able to stay completely healthy, man, with Quentin Nelson. Jonathan Taylor, I don't love the number right now, 9-1, to one, but – the knock on him, not that it was really a knock, but just the way that the Badgers used them, you know, coming out of Wisconsin was they didn't really throw him the ball a lot. So the pass catching, like, you know, him as a receiving back was kind of the worry. But look what he did last year. I think he's going to have an even bigger, bigger year this year. But the number that I was looking at, you actually kind of brought it up. I mean, what is um, Michael Thomas's number right now? Because I thought I saw that Whoa. at 100 to 1. And I think, and they're my sneaky team, I think the Saints – we have to worry a little bit, obviously, with the Camara suspension because that's yeah. coming. But Mike Thomas, we haven't seen him in two years. Three years ago, we were talking about him being the best wide receiver in all of football. Jameis Winston is a hard guy to trust, but right now he looks really good. If he's able to stay healthy, I think the Saints are a really sneaky team. They've owned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the regular season the last couple of years. They should have beat him in the playoffs a couple of years ago if Jared Cook doesn't fumble the football away. I like that number with Michael Thomas, but – I know this is kind of chalky. It's only 20 to one. How about Devonte Adams with Derek Carr? I mean, Devonte Adams is the best route runner in pro football. Now he has a lot to prove because the knock on him is going to be, well, he played with the best quarterback. He played with Aaron Rodgers. Can he do this on his own? We know that he could do it on his own because if you look a couple of years ago, when Brett Hundley took over for Aaron Rodgers when he was injured, the only guy that produced was Devonte Adams. Jordy Nelson did absolutely nothing so much that they moved him the next year. He went to the Raiders. Randall Cobb couldn't do anything. I think Devontae is going to have a huge year, man. And I think 20 to one is a really good price for him. The Raiders are going okay. to throw what, 60% of the time. Look at that division. I don't know that the Raiders are going to win nine, 10 games, but I think Devontae Adams is going to finish with 14 to 15 touchdowns if he's able to stay healthy. All right. A lot there. 
I like Devonte as well. That 20 number is appealing, but there's a number on a couple of guys that I like even more. You mentioned Michael Thomas. You're right. It is a hundred to one. Okay. GM. You know, the last time we saw a repeat winner in the offensive player of the year market. Oh man. I don't Marshall Falk 99 to Oh one. He won it three times in a row before that. It was Earl Campbell from 78 to 80. He won three in a row. Let's eliminate Cooper Cup completely. He's not going to win it again. He's not going to have another one of those seasons. I thought my co-host Joe Giglio brought up a good point. These receivers that are getting this award, they have good quarterbacks, which makes perfect sense. So do we want to go Justin Jefferson when he's got to rely on Cousins? I don't know. Jefferson looks good at 20, but I don't know that I want to rely on cousins, even though the Vikings are probably going to have a really good season. Two numbers that jumped out. Want to get your thoughts. And they both have good quarterbacks. It's not the very top of the board. And Hey, there are guys like Jamar chase. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes offensive rookie of the year. And then he's offensive player of the year. That's how good he is. 75 to one. Stefan Diggs and CD lamb. Yeah. So CD lamb is interesting because we're going to find out. Can he be wide receiver number one now, obviously, you know, with Noah Mari? I, I like that number probably a little bit more. I would probably go with that one. That would be the one that I would trust. Mm-hmm. I was going to throw out Jamar Chase, 30 to one, who I really liked. Yeah. But I'd probably go CD. I mean, that's a really good price over at BetMGM right now. Number. 66 to one. Yep. Yeah. I, I like that a lot, man. He's going to be the wider. He, I mean, he's going to be wide receiver number one. I like that. Okay. Let's, uh, let's head on coach of the year. Because there's some interesting ones. You know what? If you like the Saints, the profile for coach of the year, the Saints check a lot of boxes because you need a team that's going to exceed expectations. It's year after year. And the odds would reflect that. And Dennis Allen at 30 to what they're right in the middle. And if they get 11, 12 wins, which is possible, nobody knows what to expect from the Saints in the post Sean Payton era. So I, what I do is I look for teams that are in that mid range. You know, you've got eight and a half wins, New England, Vegas, Arizona, eight. I just mentioned New Orleans and Washington. I like the giants. That's up to seven and a half. Unfortunately, Dayball's one of the favorites at most spots. I could absolutely see that happening. Pittsburgh is there uh, six and a half. There's some chalky teams. Detroit people can't get enough of Chicago's at six and a half. The bears are six and a half Carolina. And then there's Jacksonville just taking over that dumpster fire. Couldn't you see Trevor Lawrence, the guy that was supposed to be the next quarterback of this generation, the next great quarterback. And now things get stabilized with Doug Peterson, a super bowl winning head coach coming down there. Couldn't you see Doug Peterson get some buzz this year just by being a taking the Jaguars to a mediocre level, average level. And I, I, I think that would look so impressive compared to what we saw from Urban Meyer a year ago. So we did this, to, uh, you know, we did this segment when we were at uh, BetMGM a couple months back, man. And I actually played this market because I love that price on Doug Peterson, 16 to one. Trevor Lawrence was, well, he was a rookie last year. He had Urban Meyer as his head coach. And now, you bring in Doug Peterson and look what he looked like week 18 against the Colts. And not that that, I I mean, that knocks the Colts out of the playoffs and that looked like the Trevor Lawrence that we all expected. I like the Jags a lot in that division. So Doug Peterson, 16 to one, I really like the other one that I really like you brought up was Dennis Allen, 25 to one, because what if the saints end up winning that division? You know, you're getting a really good price on Dennis Allen. And if Tampa Bay 
finishes second, let's say there's maybe a drop off with Brady since he did retire, what, like six, seven months ago, and then decides to come back, even though he really wanted to be in Miami. If that drop off is there in New Orleans, look at that defense. They get Mike Thomas back. They are going to miss Kamara for a couple of weeks, we think, because of the suspension. But if Jameis is able to stay healthy, doesn't turn the football over 30 times, I really like them. And I love that price, 25 to 1. And then the other one is going to be kind of chalky is Brandon Staley, 16 to 1, because I love this Chargers team. I just, yeah. I think Herbert's going to have a monster year. They're going to improve on the defensive side of the ball. So I like Staley, 16 to 1, a lot too. All right, I teased it earlier. Let's get your thoughts on the NFC North. You, you're down on the Packers. You think they go way under the win total. You, you're talking seven, eight wins. I wonder where you are in the Bears now because last time we uh, chatted it up, I was trying to talk you out of being too optimistic about the Bears. So somebody's got to win this division. I, I think you're high on Minnesota, but a lot of people are high on Minnesota. If you think Minnesota's going to win the division, you should probably just bet O'Connell because that means he's having a great year. Justin Jefferson is snapping, and he fixed things with that Vikings offense. Yeah, minus 165 for the Packers, I just think is criminal right now. I mean, the run game, you have A.J. Dillon, you have Aaron Jones, and I think he's going to be used a lot more as a pass catcher this year. He'll probably have 60 to 70 receptions. But who do you trust as a wide receiver? Do you trust Sammy Watkins to play 18 games? Because I don't. Randall Cobb, he's 30 years old. He can't play on the outside. And then it's a bunch of rookies and Alan Lazard. So I know they've improved on the defensive side of the ball. I just don't trust them enough to lay minus 165. I do like the Vikings plus 260. You know, when you brought up Cousins, do I trust him enough to get Jeff, Justin Jefferson the ball for Offensive Player of the Year? Yeah. I would maybe even take a stab with Cousins because if the Vikings win 11, 12 games, win that division, win 13 games, he might be a good look for MVP. In this new offense, I... without Mike Zimmer, I don't think that's a bad look, man. But for me, it's the Vikings plus 260 or it's the Lions plus 850. The problem is you have to trust Jared Goff, but I think they're going to be much improved. They were in every game last year. They've been in every game the last couple of years. They've gotten better on the defensive side of the ball. I think Jamal Williams is going to have a big year if they continue to get him the football. So for me, I played the Vikings plus 260, took a little stab with the Lions plus 850. I do still like the Bears to go over their win total. I'm not going to play them to win the NFC North. I think they're probably a year away from being a year away. But I do think there's going to be some improvement with Justin Fields, man. I just like Green Bay. I hate the wide receiver room. And I know some people think that that's a little overblown, uh, overrated. But for me, it does matter. And when Minnesota has Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and even the Lions have better skill position players right now than the Packers, which sounds crazy. I just trust those teams at those prices better. All right. One word answer as we wrap up here. MVP in the same price range. You mentioned Cousins, so we'll go to Cousins. He's 50 to 1. Also in that range, Trey Lance, 50. Matt Ryan, 60. Mac Jones, 66. Cousins, Lance, Ryan, Jones. Which one? Yeah, for me, it's Cousins. Like, look at the skill position uh, players. Look at the run game. One word answer. New offensive coordinator. One word answer. There you go. Cousins. <laughs> Is he going to bring the plexiglass back? That he, he's going to bring around the facilities. Remember that? He might have. <laughs> what happened to that? Oh, I know what you're saying. I hear you. Okay. It takes a lot for you to say the Packers are going to be uh, way down, a below 500 team this year. Horvey, thanks for coming on, and uh, thanks for filling in next weekend on Early Odds. Hey, thanks for having me, man. That's Ryan Horvat at Ryan Horvat on Twitter. He's got BetMGM Lockdown weeknights on the BetQL Network. 
6 to 10 p.m. And uh, next Saturday, he'll be filling in for me right here on The Score for Early Odds. Up next, weekly contributor Jim Miller joins the fun to talk AL and NL Rookie of the Year and Survivor Pool. So, and I'll have some horses per usual. Thanks for listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Welcome back here on Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's time for Jim Miller, weekly contributor here on Early Odds. He of Hawthorne Racecourse, at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, good uh, chance to reset over the All-Star break, and and now it's getting serious. We're getting closer and closer to the trade deadline as teams are going to be figuring out buyers, or are we a seller? Yeah, and that's the thing that's really interesting because buyers and sellers, and we've talked about it before, determines kind of an end-of-the-season win-loss total plan along with the opportunities to make the playoffs. We're going to see if there's any white flag trades or not coming up. But now things are starting to get even more interesting when you're looking at some of these categories here for just the end of the season awards. So I'm going to be curious to see kind of how that plays out. And if anything around surrounding the All-Star game actually had an impact too. Uh But Joe, we're catching some short weeks here for baseball. So that's going to make things a little bit interesting for how you play some pools as well. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to Survivor and the various strategies. It's a challenging week for us. As uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, I want to get to uh, that coming up in a moment, but I'm glad you made that comment about what we saw during All-Star Week. I thought the game was a snooze fest, home run derby, electric as usual of all the festivities and all the All-Stars Pro Bowls. I think that's the best one. It's the best betting event with all the markets that are available, and he didn't win. But Julio Rodriguez was the story from Monday night. 81 bombs. Unfortunately, he didn't win. And Soto ends up winning. He didn't even crack 20 homers <laughs> in any of those rounds. And that yeah. that is something that I checked. And I was surprised to see that Rodriguez's performance in the home run derby did not impact his AL Rookie of the Year odds. Now he's minus 350, minus 400 at some spots. I think that's where the conversation starts. The war is close between Julio and Jeremy Pena, but I don't hear anybody nationally talking about Jeremy Pena. And then Julio Rodriguez, I mean, what he did, man, everybody fell in love on Monday night. If you're not staying up late and watching Seattle Mariners games, Jim, is there anything to do here? Is there value at minus 350 on Rodriguez? Or is it sewn up? Right now, it's done. And if you don't want to lay a heavy price, don't even waste your time. Well, to me, it's never sewn up only because there's always that potential for injury. And you don't want to ever wish injury upon any player. But you make a great point, Joe. If you're not watching West Coast baseball, there's a lot of people that may not have even known who Julio Rodriguez was before the home run derby. And I was interesting, too, to watch that to see how this was going to impact his odds. I still think there's a chance that it may impact his odds because now everybody knows who he is. But like you mentioned, he's minus 350. He's minus 400 in some places, so there's not value there. But I went digging a little bit deeper in some of these stats. And like you mentioned, Julio Rodriguez is going to have to falter. Something may have to happen for him to get caught. You already mentioned Jeremy Pena. All right, Julio Rodriguez, here's his line. 275, 16 homers, 52 RBIs. 21 stolen bases and an 814 OPS. Pena's 263, 13, 35, and 6 with a 764. He's 7 to 1. 
But let me ask you about this too, Joe, for numbers that are even a little bit closer, and it's because he's played a lot. Bobby Witt Jr. is 10 to 1. All right, he's only hitting 254, but 13 home runs compared to 16 for Rodriguez, 47 RBIs compared to 52 for Rodriguez, 17 stolen bases and a 750 OPS. He's been very consistent, and that seems to be a little bit of value to me as well in the AL. If Julio Rodriguez misses the last month of the season with an injury, could he still win the award? Yes. I think he can as well. And the numbers with Pena, the war numbers that I mentioned are impressive. But the problem is not only is uh, there not much chatter nationally, those war numbers are coming from defense. And that's not getting those voters excited. I just think as days go off the calendar, as long as Rodriguez is playing, it's his award. And I just don't see the opening for anybody else. Yeah, Witt is probably the guy which you can find at a, at about 12 to 1 out there. Rushman, that's yep. not a bad play from Baltimore, a team that played some great ball at the end of the first half, but I think the real opportunity in the rookie of the year market is over on the National League side. And yes. what's interesting is I think that's the case for all of the awards. For MVP, Goldschmidt should be the favorite. He shouldn't be even money for right. Cy Young. I completely agree with the favorite there. I'm not going to go minus 125 on Sandy with the Marlins. And then we get to rookie of the year. We have co-favorites two to one with a pair of teammates, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris. The other number that's interesting is a third favorite because this number has been bouncing around. He was 30 before getting called up. Then he becomes the favorite after having a big opening series. And that's O'Neill Cruz of Pittsburgh, the 6'7 shortstop. And with all that at the top of the odds board for National League Rookie of the Year, you've got a Mackenzie Gore continues to slide, slide, slide in that 24, 25 to one range. So where are we looking for National League Rookie of the Year? Well, and here's the thing that's interesting. Like you mentioned, with Spencer Strider, you're talking about a co-favorite who has a great strikeout mark. He's got a four and three record right now. If he ends up around 500, it's really hard to give him Rookie of the Year. Mackenzie Gore is a 500 pitcher now as well, and you mentioned how he slid. It shocks me, Joe, because it seems like there's this love affair with O'Neill Cruz because of his size and because of his great arm and the big opening weekend. Mm -hmm. He's barely hitting above the Mendoza line. I know. I know. It, it shocks me. There's two guys that I still think you need to look at. And one is a guy that we've talked about time and again and again. We thought there was even a little value early in the season around even money. The guy from the Cubs, Seiya Suzuki, is around 11 or 12 to 1 right now. His numbers are basically equal to Michael Harris right now. He's batting 272, six home runs and 26. Here's the sleeper, though, to me, though. Go to St. Louis, Paul Goldschmidt's teammate. What about Brendan Donovan? He's yep. around 20 to 1, 287 average, only a couple home runs. But the guy's driving in runs, he's getting opportunities, and he's going to get a lot of playing time for a team that looks like it's going to contend. The Cardinals' numbers are confusing because earlier in the week, I saw Arenado at 40 to 1. I guess it's because the teammate was the favorite. But that means you're getting a lot of value with some of the other players. My guess with the Donovan number is you also have Gorman just yep. about the same number and Yepes also in the mix inside of 25, 28 to 1, somewhere in that range. So I guess that's why we have some value with Donovan, but that makes sense. Your point about O'Neill Cruz, yeah, it was buzzy to start. He's a replacement level player if you're looking yes. at war. I can't get there with Suzuki. 
The Cubs are going to be horrendous the rest of the way. Did you see their updated win total? They need to go 33 <laughs> and 37 in the second half to hit the over on the updated win total. That's going to fly under, especially when they sell all the pieces off. I think that the odds makers probably have it right. Strider, Harris, co-favorites. It's always tough for a pitcher, but the strikeout numbers off the charts for Strider. So that that could win it in the end. And not as many people talk about him, but it's probably going to be Michael Harris, right? I think it has to be Michael Harris. To me, the only way Strider gets it done is if he pitches, say, five games above 500 in, in the win-loss mark for the end of the season and is still posting huge strikeout numbers. I just think they're going to have a hard time giving it to a 500 pitcher when mm -hmm. you have a guy like Michael Harris is producing the way he is for, again, a team that's probably going to contend and be very visible the rest of the way. That's the other thing, too, Joe. The Pirates, we know they're bad. The Cubs, we know they're bad. When you look at some of these numbers, you have to look at guys that are contributing to contending teams. I think the voters take credence in that. I think those that are looking at odds should take credence in that, and that's probably the way that you should play the rookie of the year. See, you're bringing up the record. What I'm more concerned about with Strider is he's not going deep in games. Last two starts before the break, four innings, yeah. four and two-thirds. He's got to go, I don't know, closer to six, maybe not six-plus, but at least closer to six. But the, the guy has been great since they uh, threw him into the rotation. Maybe the value is on Harris right now. If Cruz does anything, he's going to get a lot of buzz. That's the part that's scary. So you could make a case there. And now Rookie of the Year is wide open, right? You, you agree yes, with me that open. all of these NL awards seem to be pretty wide open, even though there are significant favorites like Goldschmidt and Sandy? NL's the place to play. Yep. And it is wide open because there is so much shuffling around. One good week can change everything. One injury, of course, can change everything. But the other thing in the NL, there's no really dominant team. There's a lot of good races in the NL. But it's not like you're looking at the Yankees out of the AL East when they're just completely dominant. It's not happening as much in the National League. There's going to be so many meaningful games. And I think because of that, there's going to be a lot of eyes on meaningful games. And the eyes come with the voters. And in the end, they're the ones that dictate the outcome of these things. And, and I think it is really going to matter for guys having to be on a contending team. And even a guy like Strider, what do they do? Do they protect him? Do they limit his innings as you get later in the season? That's the other question that you have to kind of raise. No doubt. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score Weekly Contributor, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse with me. Uh, we haven't talked much about Survivor because it just isn't as exciting uh, with baseball. But this is the toughest week of the yes. year. Why? Because we play during the All-Star break. So that means you're going to have a three or a four-game set for your team to win at least 50% of the games. There's usually chaos in this week. And I can't wait. I have two spots still alive. You have one. Your one spot, you went with Miami. I went with Miami with yes. one of my two spots. And the reason is we've got Pittsburgh three times. They opened the second half with Texas. So we'll see what happens there. But we are, we're thinking the same along the same lines. But how about my other pick? I wanted to get your thoughts because they still have not played a game in the second half. It's a two-game week. For the Minnesota Twins, it's Minnesota at Detroit. I wanted to go with an even number, obviously, because it's tougher when you have to win the majority of games instead of just half of your game. So you're looking for two or four game series. That's why we both landed on Miami. Now, this Minnesota Detroit series, this is not Detroit's first series. So that means 
the Tigers are going to be throwing their three and their four against the Twins one and two. So can the Twins split this two-game set? That's all I need. They should split this two-game set, and that's the thing. You have to be smart, and people ask, okay, what about what, what is baseball survivor? We talk about a football survivor. Getting the even number of games for the week has been so important because so many times it comes down to the Sunday and you need that victory just to go 500 for the week. And you'd be surprised how many people are knocked out because of it. But yes, Detroit getting the three and four, the matchup's right. And you have a Twins team that has played pretty good baseball in the first half of the season, I would say. They have so much talent. Detroit, I think, is a team that's really kind of fallen apart. That They were supposed to contend this year in the division. And they're nowhere close. I think that's a great play. Mm, can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. What about the horses today? What are you thinking? All right. Three horses all at Hawthorne. Really good card here on Saturday night. So we're going to bet all these horses across the board. Race five, bet the four. Sunny and 80 across the board. Race nine, bet the one. Iron clad creation across the board. And then race 10, but the two, one R and the star across the board. Hopefully you get a little bit of value and make some money for the weekend. All right. We got him, Jim. Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Jim, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, not not many summer days remaining. So uh, as July comes to a close here, enjoy All right, Man, time's passing quick. Good luck in Survivor, Joe. Appreciate Jim and Ryan Horvat for dropping by this week. Well, I appreciate Jim every week because he's our weekly contributor. Uh, at this time last week, though, end of the show, closing things out, I told you Soto would win the Derby. He did. Also, longest home run, 4-1. to one. I hope a few of you tailed on that one. Mentioned it earlier with college, but if you're starting your NFL and CFB prep, check out BetQL Daily. Guess all sorts of segments on futures and awards every day. In a digestible 15 minutes. That's BetQL Daily. Horvat is in for me next week, so we'll catch up in a couple weeks on the score uh, throughout the week with those hits and here on Early Odds. So in the meantime, catch those tickets and keep it locked on 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.